So you haven't seen anything about the most recent Picard news, right? So this, this is um, no, I, this like I know October that 9th. I think it was at was it at Comic Con that they released like a couple of sneak previews. I saw a couple thumbnails pop up on YouTube, but I didn't watch anything. Yes, yeah, so this New York City Comic Con. Uh, this is the week we're recording this on October 9th, 2022. It's kind of funny, actually, when I tell you what happened, what, what it is, I- I'm going to have to make a note in one of our most recent episodes to like, note we recorded this before oh. the announcement. Um, so they, they, I haven't actually watched this trailer yet. I was just kind of seeing things about it, like kind of come out on social media and I'll probably watch it after we are done recording, but they released a new, a final trailer for, um, season three of Picard. And they, including in that trailer, they, they have announced a couple of returning uh, antagonists who are going to be in this season, this upcoming season. Uh, antagonists who are returning from TNG. Okay. Uh, I'm curious if you have any guesses as to who those people might be. Oh, man. I I'm, can't imagine that they would actually do lore as much... As I would love. They are. Lore. That's one of them. Really? Oh boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's that'll be interesting. Well, and like, how? You know, like he's dead. Like he died. Yeah. I guess. I guess they just like turn him off, don't they? They don't explode him. He's not exploded like Data is, I suppose, huh? Um, yeah, I think my recollection is they just kind of turn him off. I think so. I don't remember. Yeah, but I don't they, remember like, how. But they fatally turn him off. I think. I'm pretty, I yeah, know. I'm pretty sure. I don't. Remember. That's is just. It's very definitive that he's one? dead. Yeah, yeah. I forget mm-hmm. how. Yeah, I forget how that ends. But okay, so that's one. Okay. And then, but the one that I actually texted you, like, oh man, like I can't believe this. The one that I actually texted <laughs> you about. Uh, try, try one more guess. See if you can figure out who the other. One is it is. someone that's only like a a one off, like in one episode, or like? Uh, no, they're in a couple in episodes. A couple. Is it Moriarty? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Are, do they do they have the same? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, interesting. Yeah, it is. It's Daniel Daniel Davis. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, they're, like, so they're just going full, just full. Like now, it's a TNG sequel. TNG season eight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like it's kind of. I'm repeating the same process that I had during, but in the lead up to season two, where I was like, well, the last season was like very whatever. But like this one seems interesting, and, and which is I, I like season two of Picard better yeah. than season one. But like still, kind of was like a lot of disappointing stuff in it. But then I'm like, man, this sounds insane, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll the, definitely the, be interested to watch it. I guess. Yeah, I guess the counterpoint to that though is that like I think you could argue that all of the best parts, probably both of season one and season two of Picard, were the TNG characters that recurred in them. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because like, right, like I, I usually am, like season yeah. two. The Q definitely was like the best part of season two. Yeah, and Data is the best part of season Data is the best one, part of season probably. one. Hugh is great in season one. Like, yeah, he's probably like my next favorite character. Yeah, in that season. So yeah, it's it's funny because like I usually don't like when things are so like nostalgia acty. Yeah, but but at the same time, it's like that's what like this isn't like trying to be like new Star Trek. I think I would be a lot more bothered if, like, Discovery was really reference-heavy, which it isn't really. Like, I will say, like, that's one thing for Discovery that I will praise, is that, like, yeah. you know, I I've com- I complain about, like, how season one of Discovery ends on, like, the the Enterprise. Like, but, look, like... Look, it's the thing from the show you like. 
Yeah, but like generally speaking, like when that show interacts with stuff from that time period, it's like, oh, I understand why they're doing that. And but it is it is more or less charting its own course. It's not a course that I always like enjoy watching. You know, we were kind of joking about that yesterday too, with just how like every description of yes of, of a season of of after season one, every description of a season of uh, of discovery could be identical. But like, it's not. Which like I don't this, know that I really realized until you showed me the like description for season five. Yeah, I wonder if I can find that. Let Jesus. me see. If, yeah, the description for season five, which we might have actually already talked about. And before part of it's just like because, because of how sort of va- vague and non-specific they are with it. Yeah, but it's so the, the description is: Captain Burnham and the crew of the USS Discovery uncover a mystery that sends them on an epic adventure across the galaxy to find an ancient power whose very existence has been de- deliberately hidden for centuries. But there are others on the hunt as well, dangerous foes who are desperate to claim the prize for themselves and will stop nothing. We'll stop at nothing to get it. Not also, also not super well written, but whatever. But yeah, it's like so that could be like the weird red angel thing, or that could be yep. the burn, yep. or that could be um, the edge of the galaxy thing that they were. You know, the the what was it called? The anomaly or the the gravity thing in the last yeah. season. You know, it, it, yep. but it, but but like all that to say, like I, you know, they they're not doing Force Awakens with that. They're you know with um with that show. Sure, but I feel like. For this, it's like Picard. You're watching this because you want to see. Like, like they they never like they never pretended that this would be something else. Like, this is a show about Picard. Like, right? Know, it, yeah, that was kind of always the, the promise, thing. I guess. Yeah, so I I think that's probably why it doesn't really bother me. And, and that and what you said is that like anytime they try to have new stuff on the show, I'm like I don't really care for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, let, let's let's see uh, John Melancy in a peacoat. Um, yeah. Instead. And Worf with like a nice beard. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ex- uh, I'm so excited for Michael Dorn. Yeah, uh, me too. He looked me too. He, like just in that like quick t- teaser I saw, I was just like, man, he manages to look like so good. Yeah, it's interesting. They're starting to talk about some other like what they might do in the future too. I've been seeing some buzz about potentially there being like a live action Janeway show. And, interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what they. It's weird. It's like part of me is like, how are they? I don't really understand like what the financial like like how can they be making all these shows? Like, is there that are there that many people who like? And I guess the answer is yes. But like, it just it just seems like a weird financial endeavor where it's like you know for a long time like yeah. there was maybe two on network at once and now there's like if if that you know and then now yeah. there's like four of them that are always on and, and they were the also time. never on. Or, like, most of them, I feel like, weren't on major networks, even. Like, at least Voyager, I think, was one of those, like, essentially, like, being syndicated well, as it was made type of shows. Well, but, but it was on UPN, though. Like, UPN was trying to be a network. Like, that. Like yeah. when they when they started it, they were like, we're a real network, we promise, you know. <laughs> sure. And I think the other two were on... Were they on, like... I think the first two before that were on... CBS were on, or something. Yeah, something. Like yeah. That. I mean, I think the thing with it now is the, like, it's just, it's the the subscription service problem, which is that now, like, subscription services essentially have to become TV networks and just constantly be putting out new properties or people will cancel their subscriptions, which is, like, yeah, but why, like, you know, so much of, like, Marvel stuff now is coming out as, like, miniseries on Disney Plus, or, like, they keep making Star Wars shows and 
Drake, yeah, Game but, of Thrones shows and stuff. But I, I feel like the economy of that isn't actually necessarily set. Like, you know, like if you if you follow like the Netflix woes of recently, like Netflix is has finally reached a point where there are more than 50% of the stuff on Netflix, I believe I was reading, is like Netflix originals. And mm-hmm. it's starting to lose subscribers and people are not really happy with their experience. Like, so like the, there, I think that like, Netflix operated in this weird way for such a long time where they were like, well, like the way they do this is to like really produce this stuff. But then like, it's, I think the, the, you know, the, the pigeons are coming home to roost a little bit. And it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't actually seem like, like that, that amount of content creation doesn't seem like it actually has a financial payout. And so you look, you look at like, like Netflix makes way more TV in a year than like a network does you know and obviously like you don't have to pay for you don't have to pay for a network and so like maybe that's that's like why but like at the same time it's like i don't know it's like it, it's i don't i i can't profess to get it and so like the, i do the wonder about that with star trek where it's like really there's there's that much but it's like i'm watching all of it like in partially i'm watching all of it because i yeah. i'd have to for the show but i'd still be watching a good amount of it i think if i wasn't doing the show yeah so i, I feel know, like maybe. i'd still be watching like the new stuff i may have given up on discovery by now but probably i would still watch it yeah anyway it's uh i yeah i don't know i i'm definitely curious for the for the third third season and then i i wonder yeah i i have to feel like they'll probably announce something a new show probably not that long after that season's over because that show that yeah. that show is only a three season show so uh we'll have to wait and see but anyway we'll we'll find out i guess on February 26th is when, uh, yeah, so in two months around from when this episode is coming out. Uh, if you heard differently, if, if that's not a different than it usually does, that's because my son broke my, um, my kazoo again, so I have to get another one. Anyway, uh, hi everybody and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about Masks. It is Season 7, Episode 17 of uh, TNG. It is written by Joe Minoski and directed by Robert Weimer, or Weimer, I'm not sure. And the uh, the Memory Alpha description of it is, is, While investigating a rogue comet, the cultural archive concealed inside begins taking over both the Enterprise and Data. So... Did you like this episode? Because I don't really know how I feel about I, it. I agree. I think the the best I could come up with that I felt about this episode is, you know how th- we've had episodes, like, I think we first talked about this with, like, The Big Goodbye. We're like, it's, you're like, this isn't necessarily great, but it's just, like, very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was not, like, the exact opposite of that, but I got the, like, it was just, I, I can see that there's an interesting... Like, it's an interesting concept to, like, think about, and they're doing interesting things, but for whatever reason, I, like, wasn't very entertained actually, like, watching it as an episode of television, if that makes sense. Like, I was kind of, like, intrigued by it a little bit without actually really enjoying myself. And I don't know if I, it was, I was just in a weird mood or what, but. No, I, I kind of agree with you. You, I think if you describe what this episode is about to me, I'd be like, well, this sounds like an episode of Star Trek I would really like. And then I watched it and I was like, it's fine yeah and part of this i don't know if you got this vibe at all or if i was again just projecting or like picking up on something weird did a lot of the performances seem like very subdued to you i get or most like for some reason especially Riker, i was just like he seems like he's 
being very quiet this whole episode. There, like there was there's one scene where like it felt like a season one episode where like he says something and he says it in kind of like a very slow way to Picard. And then there's a long pause before Picard replies to him. Like, and it felt like it's, 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 it's like, it, it felt like that, the pacing of those early, those yeah, early shows. I, I don't know. For some reason I got the, like, other than sort of like Brent Spiner's performance and like, like every, other than like all the data and Picard stuff, everything else feel just very like, I yeah, like just kind of like subdued, or like they just were tired of being there, and just like okay, just just we'll just say the lines and then get the scene over, and then they can go back to data having fun. I don't. I I, I, I thought that I, I kind of liked um, uh, Troy in this episode. I thought she was alright, but I also was yeah, just like yeah, Troy, she also yeah. I think I was also just like man, it's so much better after she her character is so much better after she starts wearing a Starfleet wear uniform. A uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she she was good in this and like uh, so. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I couldn't quite put my finger know, on I, it, but it just like didn't it didn't feel like as fun as the concept as like it should have been. Yeah, I um, it's interesting or like um, paced, weirdly paced or I don't know. It's interesting. There's a that I'm looking at the um, the reception section of Memory Alpha for this right now. Oh sure. And a lot of the people, I think apparently like it, fans think it's all right or like some fans like it but a lot a lot of the people who worked on the show don't like it it, it sounds like it says really? many of the staff were displeased with the final episode and they think it's like too confusing some people are saying that like joe Manoski has a great imagination but like it was like kind of like weird and like the end of it isn't super satisfying michael dorn says it's his least favorite episode of tng wow uh, which I would say is that's, that's not fair. But that's that's a pretty um, extreme view. I feel like you've. Uh, I imagine that that has to that has to not include the Code of Honor episode, which I believe he refused to be in. Interesting. I mean, un- understandable. Yeah. Uh, the director says it doesn't have any heart. Um, Brad Spiner says there was one that we thought was terrible while we were doing it. We were laughing at each other's faces at the acting we were doing in masks, but that is a fan favorite. I'm always wondering how fans love it, and let me tell you, we could not look at each other. Colmini was laughing at me. Marina Sirtis was laughing at me. I was laughing at Patrick. He was laughing at me. Huh. We were thinking, we were thinking, this is preposterous, but you cut it together and add the music, and it works. I mean, um, I th- although, but he says it's, but it says as Colmini does not appear in this episode, it is likely Spiner was referring to another episode, most likely. Power play, which is when alien entities take over the minds of Data, Troy, and Miles. I don't hmm. remember. Have we, have we done that one? That I don't think we. I have. think that's what we're doing soon. I think that's. Are I think we, that because I think that's coming up I think on. I'm our, like vague, yeah, I think I'm familiar with that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna look I'm gonna double check that. But I think that's coming up in a, in a few months. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I don't know. It. I. I don't know. I couldn't really even tell you what it is. I think it's like one of. It's one of those things. It actually reminded me a little bit of of Coda, which I like this more than Coda. Uh. Yeah. Power play. We're doing. We are. Yeah. In a few months. So. Um. But yeah. It reminded me a little bit of Coda in that I think it starts out pretty strong. It starts out like kind of an intriguing way, mm-hmm. and then it just not. It, it, like I said, it is better than Coda, but it, I just don't really think it lives up to, like, whatever you think might be happening, <laughs> you, you know? Like, if that makes sense, like... Yeah, uh, I think... So this is a, a a big thing with me, and maybe I should, like, go through the plot first, but, like, I feel like there's, like, kind of as they start to 
sort of like unre- like re- kind of reveal or like hint at what's going on. There's like the obvious thing, and then you're like, well, surely there's something more complicated than that, and then it's not. But they act like like it takes them forever to figure out that like what they basically like said it was at the beginning like isn't actually a metaphor but just is what it I, this is the vibe i got yeah they're just like i oh like it, it seems like they're like having these like huge revelations and you're just like no it's that's it's obviously the sun like it's a picture of a sun the whole time <laughs> sure but like does that even matter though because it's like it's not like i guess it's like the sun and the moon but like that's not really that's just yeah. symbolic anyway it's just it's just like the 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 one god and the other god yeah and then, like but then, like, Picard goes up and, like, talks to the... I mean, let's just talk about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just take us in. Take us yeah, in the, it, the plot. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll sort out our feelings about it as we go through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, basically, uh, there's a little kind of opening scene at the beginning where Data is, like, in... Like, Counselor Troy is teaching, like, an art class for the, the kids on the Enterprise. And Data is in the, the art class, like, and they're doing sculptures. And she's trying to get him to like not just make a recreate like a perfect recreation of an actual thing but to kind he of he sculpted a pad yeah because he's just made a pad and he's like you know it's it's like within 0.13 percent variance of the all the dimensions and everything she's like well yes you can like perfectly 3d print a pad but like use your imagination and like how can you like what i want you to be able to do is put a concept you know into like not make a thing but sort of express a concept um, and she try, tries to get him to, to like, make a sculpture about music. And he he just makes, a, like, a, a treble clef. And she's like, it, it's it's a start, I guess. I will say, in like, fairness to Data, I'm not sure what I would sculpt if someone asked me to sculpt. To, like, sculpt music? The idea yeah. of music. Uh, that's that's a little bit of an advanced... Uh, yeah, uh, that's very... It's pretty vague. <laughs> I liked that scene though. Yeah, I, I got. Yeah, I'm still on board at this. At this, uh, you know, at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, it's a very it's a nice character thing for like both you know kind of both for Data and for Troy or that kind of like, because that's that's kind of our whole thing with Data is like him like wanting to kind of grasp the more like esoteric parts of being human and like the Im- yeah. and imagination and abstract thinking and that and Troy is kind of the a good person to be that kind of like teaching him through that Mm. um and then they so they encounter what looks like a or what they think is a comet at first just hurtling through space and so they pull up alongside it and start scanning it pretty a pretty good looking effect like i I mean like i i was watching the blu-ray of this so i'm not sure how much they i I, I think they mostly just like kind of yeah i I mean remastered this but i was like this is a cool this is like a pretty good looking thing yeah i thought it, it looked really good for like the time i don't know that the the actual like floating temple or whatever looks quite as good no like that one definitely does look like a sort of like we know how to make a cgi yeah but yeah so they start scanning this comet and then there's kind of this like feedback through the sensors and like there's kind of you know one of those like whoosh flash things on the ship and they're like, well, that was weird, and then keep scanning the comet. And they, then, should, they should be like, oh, no, we're about to have an episode. Yeah, I'm not, I know what that sound means. Uh, cue, cue the music. Yeah. But then... But this, is, this is all still before... This is all still on the cold open. It's a really long cold open, because then 
then then the next one it's like the next scene is still them before the cold open and that's when um so yeah so then it cuts to a scene that's inside troy's room and she has this little like stone pyramid uh on on a table and crusher's there and she's like oh what's this thing and troy's like it just showed up here someone must have put it in my room and and then like as they sort of walk out the door this this little symbol appears on the top of of the stone thing that's like a it's a circle with like points coming out of like the four ends yeah um and it's like ooh, and then it goes to the to the credits yeah um which yeah and it's, it's one of those things where it's just like i should like this and, and like i i get i am still mostly on board at this point like like <laughs> i i i do like the way that the um this the stuff looks for the most part like the the weird like props and stuff in this but and i like i like also that um it's very quickly i what i something that i that sometimes bugs me when i watch when I watch some episodes of Star Trek or, or any like older TV show is, is like when it takes them too long to figure out. And you were saying it takes them too long to figure out like the sun thing. But I liked that like they figure out that something is weird like almost immediately. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Because yeah. Because so that's the, in the next scene, right? Yeah. So the next scene is basically that like Data's... Well, so first something's weird with Data and then I think something's weird with the ship. Because Data's back in the in the art class and he kind of sculpts this whole this mask that like has that same symbol on it and is um has kind of sculpted this mask and, and Troy's like impressed at first because she's like, Well, where'd you come up with this? And he's just he just says like it was just like popped up in my mind and so I made it. And then around like right at the same time these like all the ship's computers start getting just these weird symbols like bouncing around on them, doing like. When like, she f- she and she recognized the symbol from the her thing too. Oh yeah, so the, she like asks him like, "Did you put that thing in my room?" And he was just like, "No, I've no haven't gone in your room." And so they're like they think that's a little weird, and then these things start showing up on the computer screen, and Data realizes that like somehow he can understand them like they're not any language that's in the computer databases or that but he can just look at all the symbols and know what they mean and so then mm-hmm. he has like they go down to engineering and Jordy starts scanning his brain or his like positronic brain and he he gets really weird and asks Jordy like what does it feel like to like go crazy and Jordy's like that like that's scary like this is scaring me and like stops the scan and then they do this thing where, like, you know, it's it's one of those things that they'll do sometimes where they have, like, the side of Data's head open. And so he has this little, like, metal thing yeah. with flashing Christmas lights. And then they kind of, like, pan away and show Jordy like, working on something. And then they pan back and, like, his brain has been replaced with this, like... Like, it's still got the flashing lights, but looks more, like, kind of like an ancient type of design. I don't know how yeah, to describe it. Yeah, I didn't really understand what was trying to be conveyed there, I guess. Yeah, and then, and he also has this, like, the same symbol now is, like, sort of stuck on his head, like his forehead, or, like, carved mm-hmm. into it. And he kind of, like, his eyes, like, change, and he says, uh, th- I think, what, what is it? He says, Masaka is waking. And yeah. then, and then they kind of go into this thing where, like, basically he has kind of like multiple identities that keep like switching back and forth within him. So he becomes these like different characters and is talking with Picard. And like, so the one that like 
kind of talks the most to Picard is called Ease. I want to say Isam, but I think that's somebody else. They all they all kind of like give me the vibes of Ehat, yeah. Ehat, yeah. They all give me a little a little bit of the vibes of um I can make this reference to you now because you started watching Rick and Morty that like um you know how like a lot of like most of the Rick and Morty like names for alien names or stuff are just like they're just nothing. They're just they're just like mm-hmm. grapples like or or yep. Glorbenschmorts. You know Yeah, yeah. Um it's, it's kind of the kind of similar. Yeah, I was getting. It's like just some syllables. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, who's this kind of like mischievous, like you know, like Brent Spiner's beating a naughty boy type of vibe is is what like this main guy is. And this is this this is maybe like the first point where I'm like, why am I not liking this as much? Because it's like yes. I usually am so on board with like Brent Spiner Brent, Brent being Spiner a little just... weirdo. cheesing it up yeah but it's not as uh, other than like a couple of moments like when he like when he like when you first see him and he like he goes and like lies sideways on the on like the the engineering like computer yeah where he and his where he kind of looks like the the sex woman from um from the those episodes of um of of oh of deep space nine with the like like, genetically engineered yeah sexy people yeah. Yeah. Other than that, like, I, I was, it wasn't, it wasn't like giving me the exact juice that I usually get out of out of his hammy performances. I don't know. Yeah, and this, is, yeah, I I agree that like, yeah, like anytime, like clearly Brent Spiner spends like the entirety of his time playing Data, like really secretly wanting to something to happen so that he can just fully ham it up. Yeah. Um, which I wonder. I don't know. Do you think that's the kind of thing that like makes that character work better because like it's got like kind of like so suppressed in it like you know that like that's the kind of actor that Brent Spiner actually is or would it make it like harder to play a sort of like straight emotionless character if you get someone like Um, like Spiner to do it I don't know I don't know I mean I think he is a like I think I think like he is a good actor like I don't know I'm I'm not sure like um, he does a good job. Like it's funny because like, I, I don't think he sh- like I think when he's when he's doing his funny nonsense, like I think that's just fun because it's like I don't think most of that stuff is good in the sense not that it's bad, but it's just like it's not like it's hard to do. Like 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 it, it's it's him mm-hmm. getting to like be silly, but like I do think that like I do think that like you have to kind of ha- have like a a very particular take on a character like Data for that to work. So yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, because because I mean, like I think his lore, he's great, right? Who who yeah. is that sort of like right? Like lore is like cheesy and hammy and like, but it also like it somehow manages to be both like over the top, like mustache truly sinister, but also there's just like a real kind of scary sinisterness to him too. Yeah, that you're just sure. like, oh, like he is going to like have no compunctions about hurting me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think I think he does a great job as someone like Lore, and and yeah, for some reason these characters are just too yeah. And I don't know if it's just that he like because he keeps switching back and forth doesn't really have the time to like establish. Like I don't really get what most of their deals are because yeah, one of them the is main just, like, ones, kind of sassy, and then one of them is an is and then an there's old the man. really old guy, and then every now and then he'll just be like a scared person who. Maybe it's right. more than one of those. I don't know. Well, yeah, and well, well I think one of the scared people might be Ehat. Like, it, but also, it, yeah, e- yeah was, also Ehat is 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 like scared sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. It, so, it yeah, just felt it, like 
it felt like kind of autopilot a little bit for like it's just like yeah i'll just do one of my classic bits i don't know yeah where i'll like cross my legs and put on a silly smile and do a funny voice yeah but yeah it, it just kind of doesn't really deliver what it promises i feel like but yeah and so he keeps talking about like you know masaka is coming and like once she's awake she's going to like you know take over and hurt all of us and he kind of keeps like talking to picard and then meanwhile what's happening on the ship is the ship is great like at first it's just more of these like artifacts are kind of just appearing on the ship but then whole sections of the ship start getting basically like replaced by like they say like you know like deck 12 just turned into an aqueduct or whatever yeah and kind of what what they feel is happening like the ship is being turned into like an ancient city or temple or both mm-hmm. and at, and at some point at some point during this they they like fire a phaser at the comet and like all the ice melts and it turns into just a floating like ancient structure and and yeah and so they figure out that like that thing is sending or, and then that captures the ship in a tractor beam Sorry, I'm really mm-hmm. jumping all over the place for some reason with this episode. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, there's I not really. A, it's not. It's not. It's not like there's a lot of subplots. It's not. It's not like while this is going on. Yeah. You know, uh, Worf is like learning about his dad or something. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah, all it's all. So yeah, the the they get caught caught in this tractor beam by this like floating artifact that what they figure out is doing is sort of sending kind of has some sort of like matter transforming beam thing. Like, is is in like sending something over that's that's kind of reprogramming? They say like the molecular structure of anything, and so it can turn anything into anything else. And so it's turning like the components of the ship into you know like structures and objects and that from this ancient like I think a, a whole like city that's dedicated to like that basically Masaka is kind of this like god figure that they worship. Yeah, and so. You know, Data keeps kind of talking about how, you know, Masaka is, like, mostly asleep, and then that's fine, but then when she wakes up, she's, like, powerful and terrifying and, like, will take over everything, and they... Yeah, I think, I, I th- and honestly, I think your, 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 your difficulty describing this is somewhat, I think it's somewhat keying in on what we were talking about earlier, where it's just, like, it is basically, like, very quickly, they're just, like, there's a woman named Masaka who is scary... And, yeah, and then they're like, okay, well, I guess we should probably stop her. Huh? Like, yeah, yep. or Picard, I, at first Picard <laughs> is just like, you know, like kind of keys on that, like Masaka is important, and like if we're gonna stop all of this, like we're not gonna do it with all of these like kind of random characters that Data is being. Like we need to deal with Masaka herself, and so he says, like, let me talk to Masaka. Where is Masaka? And what kind of a couple of the different characters? I think the old man says this, and then. Ehat says it a little bit later is that like he brings up an additional character like he's they're like only Corgano can like deal with Masaka or like only Corgano mm-hmm. can stop her and they're like this is the the problem is that Corgano no longer pursues her or hunts her or something like that yeah and and then at, at one point they're like well to like to like make Masaka like fully appear and talk to her you have to build her temple and there's like this symbol that makes her temple and so then like he convinces data to show him that symbol and they put it into the computer and then suddenly like the like whatever sort of deck they're on turns into this like 
ancient temple with like lamps on the sides and a big throne on the top and they kind of explore it a little bit and everything they look at there's has two symbols and there's this one kind of big symbol of the sun that they figure out like oh that represents Masaka and then like on the back of it will be like a little sort of crescent thing that they're like well this is always like whenever there's the sun on one side there will be this thing on the other side yeah and then Data comes into the temple and now he's wearing that that mask that he had made in like the sculpting class and I will say like I did I did like I liked that they were it, it did seem like they were kind of like trying to be like let's use this as an opportunity to talk about, to, like, show that uh, Picard is, like, an archaeologist, or, like, that he likes archaeology. Like, I, they, yeah, I did, they, like, again, that that was part of it that, like, he's clearly just, like, I think he, he does a good job of keeping that aspect of his character, that, like, whenever something of archaeology comes up, regardless of how serious he ac- it actually is, like, he just kind of starts having too much fun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, he just really likes archaeology a lot. Yeah. Which is, like, one of those fun, like, things that they kind of consistently keep with him through the whole show. That this Yeah, did so that was, like... A lot for. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of liked that. Um, yeah. But and then, I think, like, it's... I will say, like, but when... It, it does feel very anticlimactic at the end, though. Like, 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 like how they actually get her to go away. Yeah, because basically then, then Data, when he has the mask on, like, he, he, is, he becomes Masaka. And he kind of, like, sits there up there on the throne, and he's like, now I will finish taking over your ship. And they go back to the bridge, and they're, like, trying to figure out, like, okay, how do we get Masaka to stop? And Picard figures out that, like, this, this little, like, crescent shape symbolizes Corgano, and, like, they've been told that is the only one that can deal with Masaka. And so they put that shape into the computer, and it, like, 3D prints out another mask... Right. And then again, and then then I feel like this is a like another one of those things where it's kind of so obvious by now what's going on, and like Picard's like holding the mask and looking at it, and he's like, "If Masaka is the sun, and like I like maybe if there were some way for me to pretend to be Corgano, <laughs> right. but I can't think of any possible way that I could be Cor- like while he's holding, like they already have printed out the mask and he's holding it, and yeah. kind of like wanders off being like." What could I possibly do? How could I pretend to be Corgano? I'll have to think of something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically he puts on the Corgano mask, and kind of what he's figured out is that, you know, kind of in this culture's, like, mythology, essentially, like, Masaka kind of represents the sun, and Corgano is the moon. And so they kind of are in this cycle of one of them is always chasing and pursuing the other. So when it's daytime, you know, Masaka is kind of in the height of her power and Corgano is like, you know, chasing her and pursuing her across the sky. And then eventually she like sets and gets to rest and Corgano's in the sky. And then she comes up and pursues Corgano and they're in this kind of never ending cycle. And so Picard basically convinces her like, okay, it's been daytime long enough. Now don't you want to like go away because here I am chasing you and like you rest and then I'll be up and then like you can start pursuing again. And he and data like agrees and then just there's another flash and everything fully goes back to normal including data who just goes back to being data and like doesn't i think doesn't remember any of this no he does he does because he says remember he says that he he feels empty now that oh that's right yeah like um yeah and then 
<laughs> and then Picard's like, well, you never got to be human, but you did have an entire people in, in you. Which I was like, oh, did he? Like, I thought he had, like, five people. Yeah, there were... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I think... I also just found, like, the end of it sort of, like, in the climactic where it was just like, well, if the whole thing is that, like, you know, she doesn't want to be pursued... Like, I, I thought, like, the, like, it feels like there should be some sort of, like confrontation between the two of them at the end but there isn't because because they keep on talking about how like gorgano pursues her yeah but it's like but then yeah i thought there was gonna be something where because they're like but he like you know he usually pursues her but like now he's not pursuing her anymore so like yeah that for some reason like right like the moon was destroyed and so like that's the daytime all the time and like that's why like this yeah i don't know if if you had like tied it into something more where there was more (laughs) It, of, but, like, yeah, a but, problem to solve, I feel like, with it, where it's like, oh, like, Masaka is, like, always in the sky, and so, like, everything's burning up, because it's always, it's just always the sun. And, like, yeah, but or, like, she, like, tried to, like, take power and didn't realize that there needed to be balance. Yeah, but instead, or, it's just, like, he, he comes and looks at her, and he's got, he's got the mask on. Yeah, he's got, like, a like, Bible I guess, man mask. I guess, I'll, yeah. <laughs> well, also, like, either, either he just happens to look a lot like, um... Gorgano, or she's just kind of stupid and does it. And yeah, just like thinks, just like, well, like, he's got the mask on. He must be Gorgano. Must be. <laughs> um, and then he's like, "Don't you want to like, go away?" She's like, "Yeah, I guess so." And then like that's the end of the episode. Is yeah. Is, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It yeah. I don't know. It's just strange because like again, like I think individually there are aspects of it where I'm like, oh yeah, I should like that. Like I should I should enjoy like the production. There's some there's some kind of fun production design, and there's you know data getting to act weird and picard being interested in archaeology and but i don't know it just didn't really quite ever congeal for me yeah i agree yeah it's like it is a really like it's a lot of ideas that sound very like intriguing on paper and yeah i'm like having the ship like be taken over by these like ancient ruins and like turn into an old city and stuff and yeah for whatever i i I also unfortunately can't really like put into words why i just yeah i know it's it's a strange entertained yeah it's strange it's like you just want you yeah you think it should be more entertaining than it is and it just doesn't quite ever come together fully like yeah um but i don't know well i'm wondering because i don't know especially for a like very late it i think you may have like nailed it it's like it feels like it feels like a early episode of tng Sort of, yeah. When they were still just kind of, like, figuring everything out. Instead of being, like, a late episode where, like, all of these characters are fleshed out and, like, you have, like, things to, like, do with all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like they were all just kind of like, well, we're making a Star Trek, I guess. Hi, I'm Patrick Stewart. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because I'm trying to think about how many... Because I've heard some people don't like Season 7 as much of the show. And, which I've always thought is like kind of interesting because like I, 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 there's definitely several episodes from season seven I could think of that I really like, like Lower Decks. So you know, I, I guess like, yeah, Lower Decks. Lower Decks is is, is like a couple episodes before this because I saw it when yeah. I was looking at, when I was looking at my my Blu-ray, uh, you know, menu because it's on the same disc as this. I'm yeah, I remember what we've done because did we do one of the Gambit episodes? I can't remember. Yes, like we did. One. We did the first one, I think. Yeah. Of Gambit. That's the one where like oh that's the one, Picard that's the one pretends where to be a criminal Galen yeah and that's yeah and that's the one where I, there's that there's that shot of um I think I used it as the episode image of 
Jordy and Riker uh, putting their feet up like on rocks, like facing each other. Uh, uh, <laughs> but like Parallels is a good episode from this season, and the Pegasus, and there's some other good ones too. But yeah, I don't know this this one. It did just kind of feel like it didn't it didn't quite fire off the way that like these things need to. I think um, for for them to to quite work. I'm just looking to see. I, I don't know. I think that might be the only season seven episode we've done, actually. Of Yeah, none of the rest of these are, like, ringing a bell, at least. I think, that, yeah, I think, I think that's the only Is one, that, yeah. Oh, that's Journey's End. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's the, the, uh, uh, the Traveler, right? Yeah, that's the Wesley Crusher, like, spend some time with Native Americans and then become the Traveler. <laughs> I, I'm curious, like, I kind of liked that episode when, when, when I watched it for, when my wife and I were watching it, I, I, I feel like it probably doesn't have like the best reputation now, but I, I don't know. I, I I like I like that episode because I think that there's. I mean, we're just talking about a different episode now, but like, I I um I like that episode because it like it kind of is like questioning. I mean, like I like any episode that's like, what if the Maquis are right? Basically, is what mm-hmm. the it, it, what the is what the point of that episode is, and so I, I enjoyed right. that. Also, apparently that that is where. Like apparently, that the intent was for that place to be where Chicote is from, but then they never actually mentioned that in the episode that that's where Chicote is from. But anyway, there's a uh, force of nature, which is the climate change one. Yeah, I remember that one being all right too. Like not like amazing, but like, yeah. and there's a, there's another like the last uh, the last what's her name episode, um, Ensign Row episode is is in this. Oh, uh, Okay, yeah. Uh, that's that's a good, or I guess he's Lieutenant Row by the time the show ends. But like that that's a good episode and. Yeah, I don't know. There's some good stuff in season seven. I'm, I'm curious, like what we'll, what we'll, what we'll think as we see more of it. But yeah, this one I was like, yeah, not quite. Just need a little bit more time in the oven or something. I don't know. But do you have anything else you want to talk about with this episode? No, not really. I feel like we were kind of all over the place on this one, but that's I, all right. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. It's, it's a not good. I, I didn't like hate it. I was just like, I wanted to like it more than I did. Yeah, I honestly. think that's it. Is that uh, yeah? As it's going on, you're just like I. Why am I not enjoying this more? Yeah. But. Anyhow. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We come out every other Sunday. So in a couple weeks, you can come back, and we're going to be talking about Who Mourns for Mourn. That's DS9, Season 6, Episode 12. Uh, you can check that out in a couple weeks. In the meantime, you can also listen to other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's... Uh, Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast, and there's That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. So check any of those folks out, and we will see... Oh, wait, I forgot to say where you can find us. Oh, yeah, you can check follow us, us too. Yeah, check us out, too. You can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. You can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Or you can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. And, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.